Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. A bonus episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast. That's right, a bonus episode. So in this bonus episode, I have Tom Ziegler, who is the son of the great, late great Zig Ziegler, motivational speaker extraordinaire. Tom is the CEO of their company, Ziegler Incorporated. Now, Tom will be on a later episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast where he tells his story, and it's an incredible, powerful story. I can't wait for you to hear it. But this bonus episode is more around today's events around the pandemic. Tom talks about his new ebook, Stronger in Action Guide, and also another ebook that he has put out called Leading a Remote Workforce. And you can get both of those free resources at Ziggler.com. And so again, in this bonus episode, Tom just talks about what he's doing and offers a ton of intentional encouragement. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast and get encouraged. Well, Brian, I'm doing better than good, but that's like genetically required. <laughs> I love when you say that because the, each time that we've had you on, you, you have said that and you know, it, you're exactly right. Tom, I, I want to start here with the conversation we are in the midst of a global pandemic and have been in the midst of one for the last almost five months now. How would your dad have responded to the times today? Because he was a man that came through many tough times himself. It's well chronicled, and he, he told his stories many, many times of the things that he overcame. But this is something we haven't obviously have never seen in our lifetime. How do you think Zig would have reacted to the pandemic today? Well, you know, I, when it first started, I had a lot of, you know, th like we all did, you know, locked at home, um, thinking about, okay, what, what do I need to do? How do I need to think? And then I started thinking, well, what would dad say? And so I kind of went into the treasure trove of all of his famous quotes. And one of his quotes just really stood out to me. And here it is, expect the best, prepare for the worst and maximize what comes. And, you know, that's a great outlook. That's a great way to live life any day, any year, any time in history. But it's especially important uh, during a time such as this. What does expect the best means? It means that every morning we wake up, we've got the attitude of gratitude. Uh, we're going to go make it happen. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. We're going to control what's right between our two ears. When we talk to people, whether it's a friend, a family member, or a customer, or a prospect, you know, we're going to bring them a word of encouragement. We're going to lift their spirit. We're going to be positively contagious. And when we do that, medically, scientifically, we know that that boosts our immune system. And then when we share that with them, it also gives them a boost. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Well, yeah. that's the first part. And it's, you kind of think, well, that doesn't make sense. The second part of that quote is prepare for the worst. Well, that seems negative. No, it's not negative. It's practical. What does that mean? Well, if we prepare for the worst, this is the way I look at it in my mind, is what we do is we create margin. 
Mm -hmm. So how do we create margin? Well, are we eating right? Are we getting the right kind of nutrition? Are we walking? Are we getting the right kind of exercise? Are we moving? Are we taking vitamins? Are we getting plenty of sleep? Are we resting enough? Are we taking care of the stress that we might have? You see, the better shape that we're in, the more clarity we have, the more energy, the more capacity that we have to take whatever comes, right? Mm -hmm. And then we also got to look at, into the future in our business. We got to look down the road and go, hey, what happens if this takes longer than I want it to? I mean, let's face it, if we could wipe it away, we would, but we can't. So if we look into the future and you say, you know, Instead of four months, what if it takes six months? What if it takes eight months? What if it takes a year? Well, what if we just plan today like it's gonna take a year? And so we started putting in reserves. We started doing a little bit extra. We started you know, creating that margin so that no matter what happens, we're able to deal with it. We're able to handle it. If things get better sooner than we expected, that's a win. Mm -hmm. If things take longer than we wanted to, then we can not only get through it ourselves, but we can help those we love get through it. And then finally, the last one is you got to maximize what comes. Mm -hmm. and, and this is a key because since we don't know what's going to happen, since we don't know uh, what, what challenges we're going to face, or even more important, what challenges and needs and problems those we love and our customers are going to have, if we, you know, if we expect the best and prepare for the worst, then whatever comes our way, we can maximize it. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is a real simple one. And you probably had this happen. Have you had anybody uh, text you, call you up late at night, send you a direct message, reach out to you, and they're, they're a little stressed, they're a little nervous, they're a little anxious, right? They're looking for a little help. Yeah, well, if you expect the best and prepare for the worst, when those you love come to you saying, hey, I need encouragement, you can give it to them. And ultimately, that's why we're put here on this earth, I believe, is to help those around us be, do, and have more. And so when we have that approach, it's only upside. Yeah. I tell people you cannot encourage someone else until you're encouraged yourself. Right. Because, um, mm -hmm. and I love what you said about waking up with an attitude of gratitude because it does, it changes your mindset when you open your eyes and the first thing that you do, especially if you're a Christian like we are, and you, you say, Lord, thank you for this day. Then you immediately begin to put aside the things. Your, your mind tends to go because you're thinking about the day and things like that. But I find, Tom, when I wake up and I, I just start thanking the Lord, I start praying more than I start thinking. And, and then I became doing encourage myself. And I, I think of a scripture, first Samuel 30 and six, you know, there were a lot of things happening around David, the King of Israel. And, and the Bible says that, that he was greatly distressed. The people were distressed and they wanted to stone him. But the Bible said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Tom, how important is encouragement ongoing? Because you said something a minute ago, I want to park on prepare for the worst. And a lot of people throw their hands up when the worst comes. But yeah. how important is ongoing <laughs> encouragement to people? You know, it's, it's critical. Um, you know, dad, you know, whether it's encouragement or getting a bit of daily motivation, dad had a famous quote. Uh, he said, you know, that, that people say, well, motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing or eating. But if you do both of those every day, you'll smell better and feel better too. 
It's just such a little simple quote. And so we've got to put the good stuff in every day. So let me read you this. This is uh yeah, please do. Uh, Dad did a program called Strategies for Success, and this was put out, I think, in the 80s. And I was, I was going through it, finding some nuggets. And so listen to this really simple statement. And, he, and he's quoting uh, Dr. Tony, Tony Campolo. And this is what he said. <clears throat> he said, your past is important because it brought you to where you are. Mm-hmm. But the past is not nearly as important as the way you see your future. The way you see your future determines your thinking today. Mm -hmm. Your thinking today determines your performance today. And your performance today has a strong bearing on what the future is going to be. Mm. And here is the danger. When we look at the talking heads, when we look at the anti-social media, when we look at the political quote unquote leaders of our time, mm-hmm. when we look at the parties who are at war with each other, when we look at the news that just brings us down, what, what future are they painting for us? Mm-hmm. It's not a good one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, where's the hope? Where's the encouragement? And so what did that quote said? It said, the way we see our future determines our thinking. Mm-hmm. And so when we expect the best and we envision the future that we're going to create, the more powerful and the more positive that future is, the better our thinking is. Mm -hmm. What does our thinking do? Our thinking controls our performance. Mm -hmm. So there is no downside to this because we're not talking about ignoring it. That's why we prepare for the worst. And so I tell people, look, everybody's got problems. People have problems they never imagined they would have. But one of my good friends, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, he, he said this, when you, when you solve a problem, you're often rewarded with a certificate of appreciation. Mm-hmm. We call that money. Mm-hmm. And so I want people to understand, and this is what Rabbi Lappin said, when, we, when God, God smiles when one of his children solve a problem for one of his other children. Mm-hmm. And so what I look at it is I look at the world and I see all these problems and I just flip the word problem and change it to the word possibility. Mm-hmm. I've literally talked to hundreds of people who were in a situation they never expected to be in. And because of that, they've dug inside and said, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I'm really good at doing? What am I called to do? And they're more exciting than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Not because they're enjoying the pandemic and all the problems, but because it's focused their vision on who God created them to be and what they can do. Mm-hmm. And when we start thinking about the future that way, then we understand, look, our battle is not with COVID-19. Our battle is between our ears. Our competition isn't COVID-19. Our competition is us maximizing the abilities, the gifts and the talents that God gave us. And your company really specializes in being that antidote to the talking heads that you were talking about because the media loves to to make it seem like that that we're all just, you know, if, if COVID doesn't take out most of America, 
then the economy is going to take out the other part and all these people are suffering. But Tom, you've worked with, with multitudes of business leaders that are actually thriving in the midst of this. They had an adjustment. They prepared for the worst and they said, okay, if, if we can take this and shift our thinking, our company can become stronger, which a lot of it is the impetus of, of the, the ebook that you put out stronger, which takes those principles and says, okay, how can we flip them on their head and we become stronger after this thing is over? I got to ask you, what was it that, that prompted you to write the, the ebook stronger? Because I, I thought it was so well-timed and so perfectly placed <laughs> in the midst of, of this, of this pandemic. I've got to ask you what the inspiration was behind that. Yeah, so a couple of things. Okay, the pandemic starts. We get to lockdown. Everybody knows what that's like. You know, you're now at home. You're you're either not doing what you were doing or you're doing it completely different. And for me in my life, that meant uh, doing about 100 webinars in about six weeks. And, and let, me, let me jump in here because you were scheduled to come to our area at the end of March, come to Prestonsburg, Kentucky which is in our, our listening audience. And so obviously when the pandemic hit, the travel restrictions and things came and you weren't able to come to our area. So didn't you have to do a lot of those things virtually? Well, some of them we've done virtually and some of them we've postponed. So the Prestonburg, Kentucky event uh, with Kevin Davis, who's one of our guys, he's one of our Ziggler Legacy certified trainers. We're now moving it, I believe it's gonna be in March. Uh, but for those, we had, he had a huge attendance already registered for it. Uh, we're going to do a live online webinar for them in addition to the live event. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a lot of our customers are actually getting a bonus because they get to come to the live event as soon as we have it. But we're doing all these online events between now and then. And so what happened is I did all these like a hundred webinars with all these different groups because everybody needs you know, dad's quote, you need to check up for the neck up. And so everybody was, was really oh, needing so that check up from the neck up. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so hearing people's feedback made me realize that, wait a second, uh, we, they need an instruction guide. How do we handle the stress? What do we do if we wake up in the middle of the night? What's the right attitude that we can have going forward? And so I actually wrote that stronger ebook action guide about four weeks into the pandemic. You know, it, it's, it's not a big book. You can read it in 20 minutes. It's a free download. And then a few weeks later, I wrote another book, uh, Action Guide, uh, called Leading and Motivating the Remote Workforce. Because now, what are people doing? They're, work, they're working from home. Mm -hmm. And so these are both responses to what's going on in the world. And the reality is this. One of the other things I did is I started studying black swan events uh, right after the pandemic started because we are in a black swan right now mm -hmm. uh, because of all the things that are uh, going on out there. And what happens in a black swan is they usually take longer than what people think. Mm -hmm. One of the examples in the book, Black Swan, uh, written by Nassim Tlaib, is that when Castro took over Cuba and the people who could leave Cuba left Cuba, they left their suitcases packed for 10 years. 
because they literally thought, you know what, at any minute they're going to call and I can go back home. Hmm. Well, well, guess what happened to those people? They got stuck at time. They didn't adapt. They didn't change. They didn't grow. They didn't take advantage of the United States and everything the U.S. had to offer. There were other people who left and they said this, oh, wow, new normal. Hmm. Look at this, land of opportunity. And guess what happened? A whole generation of very, very successful immigrants have had a huge impact in our country. Mm-hmm. And so what's the lesson for all of us? Whatever business we were in, however we were living our life and doing things, the faster we say, you know what, I'm going to let go of the past. And I'm not ever going to wonder, are we going to go back to that? I'm just going to adapt and embrace the way it is right now. Those are the ones who are the most successful. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people, Tom, in business that really want to keep those suitcases packed. And, and they want to, they want to kind of say, well, you know, it's, uh, this is going to end sooner rather than later, or this is going to, this is going to, and, and we can go back to the way things used to be. And I'm, I'm saying that in air quotes, I love, that illustration because you think about it those suitcases that those immigrants packed they probably you know once the reality if the reality ever sat in that they weren't ever going back i wonder if those people ever touched the contents inside of those suitcases you know i've got a personal story on that yeah Uh, go, go ahead so i told this story about a week ago and the lady was uh she lives in miami and I knew she was uh, Cuban. And I said, hey, I read this story. What do you think about it? And, she, and I didn't know her background. I knew she was Cuban. And she said, well, as a matter of fact, my parents fled Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was raised here in the U.S. And she said, we had a closet in our house. And the first few years that mom and dad were here, my mom would go out and buy stuff and she bought a set of China and she bought other things. And she said, this is for when we go back to Cuba, we're going to take it with us. Mm -hmm. And she said, they didn't open the China until after her mom passed away. Wow. And so that's, that's real. And and Tom, that's a beautiful illustration because, you know, some people, in business, a lot of people put away the China, so to speak. They buy it for when things get better, or they say, well, we, when we get to this level, we're going to do this. And they pack that China away figuratively, and and that time never comes. And something that could have been imparted into their business has been locked away in the closet because of those thinking how does a how do you see or let me ask you the question this way what do people that might be listening to this that say hey my business is kind of in that i i can relate to that i can connect to that because i feel that's where my business is right now how do people unlock that thinking to where they go get that china out of the closet so to speak and they begin utilizing it to its fullest potential instead of storing it back for that day when we might go home or we might get back to the way we were. Yeah. uh, I call it the three buckets mindset. 
And so as you listen to this, I want you to create three buckets. In the first bucket, you put all your skills, all your talents, all your experience, all of your assets, and you can do that individually. If you're a business owner, you can do it for a business and you can say, this is what we have, right? This is what makes us unique. It, it allows us to differentiate. It's what we bring to the table. So that's bucket one. Bucket two is every relationship that you currently have and have had in the past. So this is family, friends, coworkers, business clients, prospects, where you went to school, maybe companies you did business with five or 10 years ago that you've lost track of. You put all of those relationships there, okay? Now we're gonna fill up bucket number three. In bucket number three, you put all the relationships that you want to have in the future. And that can include people you currently have a relationship with. You can put them in bucket three. You can put people you used to have a relationship with, but you want to start again, right? You put that in bucket three. And you imagine the ideal relationships that you've always wanted. Maybe it's accounts. Maybe it's, you know, a new line of business or something that you've always dreamed of doing. What kind of relationships? Okay, so now you've got that third bucket. Mm -hmm. And this is the future bucket. Now ask yourself this simple question. What problems are the people, the relationships in bucket three having right now that I can help solve? Mm. And you reflect on all the skills, talents, expertise, assets, experiences from bucket one, and you ask yourself, how could I use everything I know to help solve the problems that they're facing? And so what that does is it allows you to think about what difference can I make today and tomorrow versus how come I can't do what I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset. And I love that book because it's a research book and it's about the mindset that we have. And it pretty much is a scientific uh, case study of why the Zig Ziglar approach to everything is scientifically sound, psychologically sound. And she talks about there's two mindsets. There's a, there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A fixed mindset believes this, hey, I can't change. The skills and talents I have are the ones I'm always gonna have and no matter how hard I work, they're always gonna be about the same. If something doesn't come easy, it's because I don't have that skill or talent might as well go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. A growth mindset says, you know what? I can learn anything. Mm -hmm. It may be hard at first, but I can get better. And if I have a gift or a talent in something, man, can I really learn fast than that? But if the world needs a solution, I get excited because I can grow into it. So what's the difference in the play? When a black swan happens, a fixed mindset struggles and focuses on how can we make the system we spent so much time, how can we make that work? What can we do to tweak it, right? Because I need to up that performance. So fixed mindset people are very much performance oriented. It's all about the results. And when the results go down, they start tweaking the system to get the results back up. 
if everything's staying relatively the same, that'll work for a while. But when you get a complete change, what we just had, you need a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And a growth mindset says, oh my goodness, what an opportunity to learn. Things are completely different. How can we solve this problem that's right now? And they're not locked into the framework of the way they used to do it. Mm-hmm. Fixed mindset leaders focus on results. Growth mindset leaders focus on growth. What's the difference? People who are growth oriented are learners and learners are the ones that create the future because the future by definition is going to change. And your dad was really the epitome of that growth mindset because reading Mm -hmm. and and knowing a a little bit about his story and background, losing his father at seven to a, to a, uh, a stroke, and then having to, to, to grow up very fast and moving with, his mo- with your grandmother, his mom. And then your dad built his sales career selling pots and pans, I believe pots and pans door to door. And then, uh, and then growing to being the, the, develop, develop, or the director of training and development of the Mary Kay Company. Now talk about going from the frying pan to the fire, no, no pun intended, but what a what a what a one eighty degree turn from selling cookware to now training independent consultants to sell beauty products. Yeah, so let me just uh, clarify that. Yeah, was, please do. He was not on the corporate staff. He never was the director of training and development for Mary Kay. Mary Kay asked Dad as a speaker, as an independent contractor, to create a one day program that the Mary Kay directors could invite their teams to. Mm -hmm. And so he put that together uh, and then each one of those directors would invite him in. So he wasn't, he wasn't in Mary Kay, he wasn't on the corporate staff, but he was kind of like the outside head guru for a while. And back in the early seventies when this was going on, he traveled all over and trained them. Now the interesting thing about that story is that when Mary Kay, she heard dad speak and she just loved it, loved his message. She asked him to do that. He had never done a full day of training. Wow. And she, and she said, I want you to do a full day of training. So dad had to scramble. He created an outline for the full day and he did all those presentations. Well, that outline became the outline for the book, See You at the Top. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that's just a cool story that such an amazing woman, uh, really uh, one of the greatest leaders our country's ever had, uh, knew that that message would resonate. And out of that, dad had to create something that became a book that sold millions of copies. Mm -hmm. And so we owe a huge debt of gratitude to uh, Mary Kay and that organization for that. And sales and millions of salespeople owe a debt of gratitude to that training that he developed because a lot of us that have, that have spent any time in sales have read See You at the Top. And it, it was a foundational book for a lot of salespeople. And going back to what you were talking about a minute ago, Tom, with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, what if your dad had said, well, I don't really do training and development. That's not, I'm a speaker. I'm a, I, I, I speak and do these kind of things. But your dad had that growth mindset to say, hey, somebody wants something I've got. 
which is selling 101. And, and that's what I love about your dad. He was brilliant at being able to find those opportunities and say, well, that's not really what I do. But yeah, I, I want to, to help this customer who's come to me with a problem that I can solve. Yeah, absolutely. You know, dad's focus was on solving problems. He always felt like that if he prepared, if he had the right motive, if he put in the energy to learn, that every time he spoke, everything he, that he wrote, everything that he did could potentially turn somebody on the right path. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was about. It, it, the older he got, the more urgent his just his, his, his body language, his attitude was. And I, I remember asking him, I said, dad, you're, you've got all these things you want to do, you know, and you're 75. Why, why are you doing this? And he's like, you know what? I just, I know I don't have as much time left and I've got more people to reach. So that's what drove him. Uh, early on, he realized that success in life wasn't necessarily about the skill or the technique. That's important. Mm -hmm. But but it was about the mindset, the attitude, and the belief. And he learned that uh, in the greatest test ground of all, which is direct sales. Yep. If you want to find people who know how to make it happen, find people who grew up on commission only, face-to-face, -face, direct sales, <laughs> who had to handle uh, rejection and learn all types of personalities and all types of situations in a short amount of time, those people have an unbelievable head start advantage over the rest of us. Tom, I, I had a lot more hair before I was a commission only for, for four and a half or five years that, that in my younger days, I was a commission only food sales person. I, I would have a lot more hair today if I, if I had kind of not done that, you know, we, and I'll, I'll say this, you're, you're a hundred percent right because I was thinking about that a little while ago. I was 25 when I took that role, newly married. And back then, we didn't get paid until the customer paid their bill. And so our credit manager would tell us, he would say, fellas, the, the sale's not truly been made until the bill's been paid. Because we would see if a customer, a restaurant, or somebody ordered four or $5,000 worth of food, man, we were, we were rejoicing. And, and we had to remember the credit manager saying, Guys, the sale's not made till the bill's been paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we, that's the way we did our commission as well. Yep. Tom, I get it. I was just going to say, there's nothing more painful than pulling back a commission because they didn't pay. Oh my, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've been there, been there too. Tom, I've got to ask you. There's a banner behind you for those that are going to see this on video. Ziegler Legacy, and. Um, you and I had this connection. Your father passed away. Uh, I was reading in November of 2012. My dad died a few days later in early December of 2012. And we both, uh, my dad was such an influence in my life as your dad was in your life. I've got to ask you, if I don't ask this, I will be remiss in asking about legacy and the importance of carrying on legacy. When somebody, you know, as, as, as people go through this, this pandemic and things like that, there are going to be people that we lose to, to this awful dreaded disease. How important is it to keep legacies alive in people that we, that we love and care about? 
Yeah, you know, dad's legacy is just unbelievable. Everywhere I go, uh, no matter uh, where I am in the world, uh, on a webinar with, you know, 300 people on it, I'll, I'll ask the question, how many of you read a book, you know, know a quote, heard him speak, and it's just like overwhelming. So what does that mean? It means that I am surrounded by friends and family that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so legacy is so powerful. So what is legacy? You know, legacy is when we teach and transfer the habits that we, that create wisdom and knowledge and principles and values. And so those of us who want to leave a legacy, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we doing on a daily basis mm -hmm. to instill the principles and values, the wisdom that our, our kids and our family can carry on. And, and at Ziegler, our Ziegler legacy, one of our mottos is, you know what, once we get to know you, we just adopt you. All right. So we look at everyone as family. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the greatest things about legacy uh, is intentionally helping those we love grow through, not just go through, grow through life's most difficult challenges. And so here we are in historically, pandemic-wise, a global challenge, something that none of us have seen. And yet it's the greatest opportunity to build legacy because our, our family members, our kids, those we love, if they see us stand tall, right? Walk through the furnace with that attitude of expect the best, with that behavior of prepare for the worst. And then that, you know, just the maximizing what comes if, if our family sees that and we do the right thing in the right way, then we're gonna be like the greatest generation that our country's ever had. Mm -hmm. Most people think the greatest generation in the United States was the men and women who fought World War II. Mm -hmm. Andy Andrews, a good friend of mine, said, no, that's not the greatest generation. The greatest generation was the parents that raised the men and women who fought World War II. And so for all the parents who are listening, your mindset, your behavior, what you choose to believe, what you choose to do, how you instruct your kids, you could literally be raising right now the greatest generation we've ever had. And it's up to you. Yeah. And, and I've got to ask you this. I, and, and I know we, we have in past interviews talked about your mom, but I, I want to ask you, what was the greatest contribution that you feel like your mom, who, who your dad affectionately called the redhead, your mom was known all over the country and nobody even saw her face, but she, she was known all over the country. What do you think it was that was her greatest contribution to your dad's success? Oh, unconditional love and support. 100% all in. Her belief in him was unbelievable. And because of that, it gave dad the freedom to stretch and grow and do things. I mean, he kind of pioneered an industry when you think about it and mm -hmm. uh, what we do. And, you know, there were times when it was tight. You know, dad talked about it in his books. He had to park the car down the street or it'd be repossessed. I yeah. mean, there were, there were, they were, there were some tough times along the way. Mom never once doubted him uh, and supported him a hundred percent. And so they kind of had this, you know, this unwavering bond of love and loyalty to each other. And so they knew that that's all they needed. And because of that, look what happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, 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 and, and we, the generation of salespeople that have grown up with, with Zig Ziglar, you've got a quote behind you that is absolutely my, my all-time favorite Zig quote. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Tom, I've got to ask you in a couple minutes we've got left. What's the biggest lesson that people can take away from these times like this to make a stronger comeback? Because I know there are people that are down, there are salespeople that sales are down, there are businesses who have been down. Um, we talked about it yesterday morning where a lot of businesses that were deemed unessential by governors of different states are faced with a challenge of, well, we may not be able to survive this. We may not be able to, to do business as we did or we may have to shut the doors. And I, and, and I read a story yesterday morning about the retail industry. The retail industry has been absolutely crushed by this pandemic because of the shuttering of malls for a time and things like that. What is the greatest lesson that people can take away from this to make that, that mindset change we talk, that you talked about so eloquently a few minutes ago? I think the first one is you gotta know your why. I mean, you've got to, I call it the peeling back of the onion. The way people, you, a lot of people entered into this, things were kind of cooking along, the economy was good. They may or may not have really have liked what their job was or, or whatever. They might have felt a little bit trapped by golden handcuffs. You know, too much of a pay cut, too much of a risk to go try something else. And all of a sudden, everything's at risk now, right? And some people lost their jobs and other people have got cut back. Other people have... You know, it, it's shifted a little bit, but they're, they're doing well. And so the first is, what am I built for? What's my why? What's my purpose? What do I really want to accomplish? And so we focus on that. Then we've got to look at our input. Okay, if that's, if that's who I am, if that's what I want to do, what is it that I have to read and listen to? And who are the people I need to associate with on a daily basis who are going to get me closer to that? In other words, I can't control anything that's going outside in the world but I can control my thinking and what I do, right? What I read, what I listen to, the, the way I develop myself. And number three, and this is, this is the land of opportunity. There are more problems out there than there's ever been. I mean, there are everywhere. If we were in the military, I'd say this is a target rich environment. <laughs> if a problem's a target, there are targets everywhere. What is it about you that you can bring to the table that makes you uniquely qualified to solve some of those problems? And when you match those three things up, that's an unstoppable force. Wow. What a, what a great way to end this conversation. Tom Ziegler, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. And you, I, I want to commend you publicly. I have watched your, your website, get the Ziegler uh, emails and, and they're wonderful because you, you pack encouragement into those. I would suggest that folks sign up for Tom's email that you get, you get encouragement. I want to commend you, your company, Ziegler Incorporated has done some tremendous things to help folks through this pandemic. You have, uh, made things incredibly affordable for folks right now. And, and resources that will help them and things like that. Is there one particular resource that you want to direct folks to that will, that will absolutely help them during these times? 
you know, what I would say is just, just go to Ziggler.com and get the Stronger Action Guide. It's a free uh, book, uh, Ziggler.com forward slash stronger, download that, enjoy that. Uh, while you're there, check out the other stuff. We have a free newsletter. We have other free gifts there. And then that's where you've got all resources from books and audio programs all the way up to, uh, you know, some of our higher end coaching programs and things like that. Uh, it's a place for everyone. And I'm going to do a shameless plug here. I have the Ziegler Performance Planner that has absolutely been a tremendous asset to have. This is going to be my go-to planner going forward. Um, I love this planner. I use it every day. Um, go get one of these. If, if you're an old school, and I say old because I'll be 48 next week, Tom, so I, I'm feeling that, that you know, my, my joints and things are feeling that. But I'm a guy that likes to write things down. And you're going to love the Ziegler Performance Planner. I do. And I had to, to do that while you were here this morning with me because uh, I, I love this planner. This is going to be the planner I use going forward until the Lord comes or I, I go home to be with the Lord, one of the two. I'm going to use the Ziegler Planner every year. I can't I, – I, I love it. I, I just can't oh. say enough good things about it. Tom Ziegler, thank you so much for being with us this morning. And uh, again, blessings to you and your family. I, I just appreciate the opportunity to get to speak to you. All right, thank you. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.